0: Welcome to the latest episode of Future Ready DSM, the podcast that provides employment information for the greater Des Moines region. Today, we'll be chatting with Casey Welch about employment trends in Generation Z. Casey Welch is the co-founder of Tallow, a virtual student engagement platform, and serves as the president and CEO. Thanks for joining us today, Casey. Could you start off by just telling us more about yourself and, and what Tallow is?
1: Yeah, happy to do so. So, as you mentioned, um, my name is Casey Welsh. I'm one of the uh, co-founders and CEO of Tallow. And uh, we started about nine years ago. Um, I was from the Midwest, from a rural area. Um, happened to have a skill and a talent and ability, which was to kick a football far. So I got some opportunities. Uh, got a chance to get out to Iowa a few times. Unfortunately, we didn't come out of uh, Iowa Stadium uh, victorious very much, but uh, met a lot of great people. But when when really... The story behind starting Tallow was I had a lot of friends that had skills and abilities and they weren't on the football field or the basketball court. They were in the classroom. They were in areas like that. And uh, unfortunately, they're still in that town doing something they don't love to do. And they're probably never going to get out from it. And we said, what if we could do what sports has done for so many years? What if we could level the playing field? And, uh, you you know, talent is evenly dispersed, but opportunity isn't. So how do we help showcase, connect it? And that's why we started Tallow and now connecting over a million and a half students and job seekers across the country with scholarships, jobs, um, internships, apprenticeships and opportunities. But more importantly, really helping them to make that right career fit. It's not just about getting a job anymore. Right. It's about how do we really connect them, getting them into something that they're going to want to do with the skills that they have to do it in a location they want to be living the lifestyle they want to live. and. Um, that's why we started it. And, uh, of course, getting the fortunate opportunity to work with the partnership.
0: Who would ever thought kicking a football would take you so far? Huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. I knew I knew there was a reason. There was a reason for doing that at one point. But.
0: <laughs> well, Casey, you know, you talked about, um, of course, TALO is a national organization. and You all are headquartered on the East Coast. How did you become connected with the partnership and, and other regional Iowa organizations?
1: Yeah, so so Midwest to uh, the South, right? So we're, we're located down in Charleston, South Carolina, but um, really got brought to the state for a a reason that a lot of us are dealing with, right? How do you bring together and get around this, this huge shortage of talent? And so as you mentioned, we're national, but we also get the opportunity not just to work with talent and uh, students and job seekers, but to work with higher ed partners, economic development, um, corporations, business and industry, All around collectively as an ecosystem, system helping to do this and move together. And so in doing that, you know, we had a high population of students and job seekers in Iowa. We were working with different employers that said, Hey, look, we want to connect with this talent. We know we got to get a hold of it early and often. How do we do it? And uh, the partnership was actually, uh, I think, you know, light years ahead of of a lot of the different uh, areas across the country. Um, Even pre pandemic, they were focusing on how do we build it? How do we cultivate it? And also, how do we attract talent uh, to this area? And so getting a chance to develop it, working with our customers and our clients, um, it, they just had such a forward-thinking, progressive approach. And we said, how do we team up in this? How do we help make that happen? And you know, now going into the second year of it, we're really excited about you know, the work that's gone on, even during a pandemic. And I think that's the one thing the partnership said. Pandemic, no pandemic, we're always going to have this talent problem. So how do we make sure that we stay focused, we continue to execute on it and really lead the way, not just for the region and the state, uh, but the country.
0: Well, thank you for the kind words. And, and and again, thank you for just approaching it with a, with, with a collaborative mindset. So thank you for that. You know, there's a lot of great, great content on the the Tala website about Gen Z uh, employment trends. Can, can you start off by telling us uh, who Gen Z is and, and how you're collecting these insights and input from them?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, right? So a lot of people look at Gen Z, right, as the generation. And when you think about Gen Z, think about um, talent at the oldest being born in in 1996. So think about the spectrum of Gen Z or basically six-year-olds to 24-year-olds. So a lot of times people think just high school, well, they're into the workforce now. And, um, you know, they're also one of the most ethnic and racially diverse uh, generations ever to come into the workforce. So really unique group. Um, we're able to, you know, fortunately leverage our, our talent database of over a million and a half of them. And so we're getting these perspectives from rural urban, we're getting the perspectives from all different parts, all different career fields. And really what we've found is that one of the missing pieces has always been the voice of Gen Z, right? We understand how important that they are. And so we say, just like any, any business would go right to the customer, right? And say, what are you looking for? We go right to Gen Z and saying, what do you need? What are you looking for? What are you missing? How do you want to be engaged with? How do you want to connect? So we go right to the source and being able to get these insights and then provide them out to the market so we can have a collective strategy uh, going forward.
0: So, you know, you just talked about that. and So, you know, based on this data that, that Talo has been collecting and, and making sure you're listening to the voice of Gen Z, what, what, are, what are the biggest employment trends you're seeing in this demographic?
1: Uh, I think there's a lot, <laughs> but I'll narrow it down to to, to three that we're seeing. Um, one, and I think it's, you know, in, in the era that we're at, is a lot around really DE&I strategies, not being a nice to have, being a must have, right? And when you start to look at that and go, why? Um, you know, that's a big thing that we saw. And, you know, 77% of our, our population that responded had actually witnessed or had discrimination happen to them. Right. So when it's happened to you personally, right, it becomes a a very important driving factor. And so a couple of things that we saw that 80 percent would be more likely to apply for a job that its recruiters and materials reflected ethnically and racially diverse population. Um, So they want to see it and they want to see what that looks like. They also when you look at at this group coming in, 80 percent of them also said that they'd be more likely to apply to a place of work that had readily available materials and resources for employees who identified as neurodivergent, right? So think about you know um, different you know autistic, um, ADD, ADD, ADHD, different populations that are coming in that are critical to our workforce and can really be leveraged. They're looking at some some different areas like that. I think the second one that we see is that the future of work is changing with gens. So as pandemic hit, right, a lot of us went remote. And we wanted to ask that question. And 63% of them said they were more interested in working in a hybrid setting. Uh, 27% want to work uh, in an office full-time. And only 8% wanted to work remotely full-time. So I know there's been a lot of questions. What should the future offices look like? Well, if you're looking and betting on this generation coming up, they're saying it's going to be a mix. They're saying it's not all. Oh, it's not the other i know a lot of people think oh they're they're technology savvy they want to be fully remote they actually don't i think the third trend that we're seeing is that you know there's been a lot talking about salaries and with this generation coming up it's not just about higher wages 87 percent of them said that they would choose a more meaningful career than higher earnings now that doesn't mean it's not important for them not to have a lifestyle but it means you can't just throw this great salary or this great hourly rate and expect that to get everyone, right? It's gotta be what impact, what are you building? So there's three kind of major trends that we're seeing right now.
0: So that's, that's those, are, those are some very insightful um, trends and, and you know, it actually dispels some of the myths where a lot of people are uh, saying everybody just wants to go 100% remote. So that was, that's some really good feedback. Casey, in your opinion, um, what can employers be doing now to best, you know, be prepared for Gen Z entering the workforce?
1: I think one of the areas that they could be prepared for is, first off, understanding them and understanding how they want to connect. So um, one of the interesting insights that we saw Gen Z share with us is that before talent's ready to apply, 75% of the talent would like to initially learn about a future employer through informative webinars, you know, a day in a life, a and A session before they make that decision. Um, so a lot of them are actually leaning towards working with these employers longer. So they wanna understand before they make that decision. Uh, the second is the way in which they wanna connect. So a lot of people think of this generation and they immediately think texting, right? Or different areas. And what they're sharing is the way they wanna initially connect with an employer a lot of times Is actually through an email, right? So 76% said that or through a professional site, like a LinkedIn, like a tallow, that was 68%. They don't want to interact with these potential employers on their personal social media sites. So we saw a lot of that when TikTok came out with resumes in different areas. Now, I think a really important factor that everybody looked at and they said, okay, all these employers, let's go interact where they're at. They're on Gen Z. And in fact, they are going to things like TikTok for career advice that they can learn from people. But just because you want to go learn doesn't mean you want to connect with your future boss potentially on a platform that's social. So I think it's sometimes we just always got to check ourselves a little bit and think about, do they really want to? Only 9% said they wanted to be engaged with on TikTok by a potential employer. Um, And I think the last Marvin I'd hit it is: we asked them, what are the... In 2021, what are the three biggest factors to motivate them to accept the job? Came down to these three salary, the interest in the work. So are they going to have meaningful work that they want to do and work-life balance? Um, those were all very important as the, the three big factors that employers should starting to be taking into account.
0: You know, Casey, in that, in that response, you, you, you kind of touched on uh, some really good points and Around how to you know be, best be prepared for Gen Z entering the workforce, and you know you, you laid out some ways that they somewhat would like to be engaged or not. Um, what what recommend, recommendations would you would you give to employers who you know based on that feedback you just gave us um, as far as really connecting with Gen Z prior to them entering the workforce?
1: Yeah. So the advice I'd give for the employers is this: think about connecting early and connecting often, right? There's no off season anymore. You know, a lot of times I think employers wait till the career fairs or the college fairs and they expect to be ready. No, I think the data that I shared before, 70% of them, of talent, decide on their future employer interest in high school or early college, okay? So if I break that down a little bit more, 46% of the Gen Z population was thinking about their future employer by the time they walked out of their 12th grade year. And by the time that they finished their sophomore year of college, over 70% had already been done. So when you think about that population waiting till the senior year, it was only six, 6% that were waiting. So that's the whole importance of connecting them early. 97% of them said they're more likely to consider an employer if they connected with them prior than looking for a job. Um, So, and I think the last thing, so that's kind of on the early talent coming in. So that's the getting to them early, getting them often, getting that message in front of them. We talked about a couple of those things earlier to highlight. Meaningful work, DE&I strategies, right? Those all go into, you know, if you're focusing on the talent today, right? You're going to be in real big trouble come tomorrow if you're not starting to work there. Once you get them in though, right? Half of the battle is just getting them in your door. The other battle is how do you continue to keep them, right? We all know the importance of retention. And so a couple of things that came up that were very clear cut, 99% said that employers should invest in reskilling, upskilling, learning development programs. That's what they want to look for, right? And it's not about, I think, the millennial generation that says I should have my boss's job when I come in, you know, three months into it. It's more about I want to come in and I want to continue to learn and get better because as I invest in you, uh, as an employer, I expect the same the same as well. So Gen Zers want their first job to be two to three times longer than what we saw as the millennial population. So they want to stay longer. They want to stay longer. They want to commit, right? It's like, they're not just going to get married on the first date, right? They want to be able to go, um, But that's also, I think, a huge advantage on why investing in this population, and I think why I'm really optimistic about them coming into the workforce right now.
0: Those are a lot of nuggets you just dropped there for folks. I hope everyone can go back and pay attention and listen to some of those a little bit more. You know, Casey, we know that, um, and your research, you know, indicates diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives are important to Gen Z. What priorities do you see students having that companies need to invest in?
1: Yeah. Well, it is right. We we said it earlier, um, and you know the numbers. The numbers continue to support it. Um, you know DEI in the workplace again is is not a nice to have anymore. It's a must have. So, what does that look like? Um, and what are those different parts of it? One of the big things we're seeing them is wanting to be part of is employee resource groups um, at their company. So, I know a lot of times, you know these are these are more work, right? As an employer, you want to get these in place. The good part is. You have a generation that actually wants to come in to be part of it, and they want to craft it. And actually, that can be really um, a really enticing tool, right? To be able to come in and say, "Look, we want you to be part of this." It's kind of like, right? If you think about athletics, and sometimes you know that that uh, that athlete doesn't go to the Ohio State or the Michigan or the Clemson or whomever; they go to somewhere else. Why do they come to schools like Purdue and others? They say, "Look, you're going to be part of building something." You're going to be something special here, right? And I think that's a, a really good analogy over to it. 86% of them plan on participating at ERGs, uh, employee research uh, groups that they want to be part of them. And um, a lot of them also, when they come into the company, I think the other thing companies need to be aware of is a lot of times they come into the company and they're not even aware that those groups exist, right? So we got to continue to not only use them as a recor- recruiting tool, but also retention, which then leads to right, a more diverse, a happier workforce, um, uh, a, a more engaged workforce. The five things that we saw to them, we asked what are the most important factors they're looking for in an inclusive employer workplace, right? So if people are taking notes here, here's what they're showing. 83% talked about equitable pay among gender, race, and ethnicity, right? So they're paying attention. They're looking at the numbers out. Uh, 77% said a diverse leadership was really important to them. Um, 74% said not just at the leadership level, but diverse race and ethnicity among employees, right? So what's your company representing? What does it look for? And I know sometimes that's challenging in different areas, but I think if, if they come in and they realize that it's important to, to leaders and managers to continue to cultivate that environment, it'll pay off. Women in leadership, Um, that was almost 70%. So that was really important. And last, still high, 67% was a collaborative environment, right? And so getting the chance to work together, I think probably the pandemic has only heightened this, right? As a lot of us kind of got siloed away in different groups. So if you can think about it, think about some of those areas, you may not be able to address every one of them, but
0: bringing them top of mind. You've given us a lot of insights um, into what Z. Gen Zers are thinking, um, you know, what they feel that that is most valuable to them as an as an individual and, and how they want to be treated even moving forward. You know, as Tallow though continues to grow and the future world of work continues to evolve, you know, what excites you most about Gen Zers and the coming generations? It's a good one. Um,
1: I think what excites me most. Um, about this generation is some of the skills that they have. And so we talk a lot about soft skills, or essential skills, 21st century skills, employability skills, whatever you call them, whatever that term is, right, that we all use. The, the number one answer and skill that this group is excited about bringing to the table is adaptability. Um, and when you think about it, this, this group coming up has been heavily impacted in their high school. In their college and now entering the workforce. Um, they're coming in in the middle of a global pandemic, but their resilience to stick with them the rest of their lives. I think when you think about adaptable, how, how adaptable we had to be coming into this workforce, which was tougher, they understood it, right? Think about those transition points from high school on or college on. Those are really, those are always challenging transitioning points. And then you toss a global pandemic on top of it, right? But they didn't, they didn't bucket. They stayed the course. They actually got a lot smarter, right? They're evaluating different career paths. Is higher ed the right path, right? Is a certificate? Is a credential? Is there, oh, Am I open to other ways? Um, I think also is understanding the mindset. So 80% of them said that they were optimistic about their future employers um, are being prepared to dis- discuss these topics, right? Discuss topics around DE&I. So I think everybody's coming in wide-eyed and open about it. And you know this generation has been most compared to actually the baby boomer generation, right? I think we'd all agree that was one of the greatest, greatest generations in this company's history. So I think if we can compare that experience that that group has had for us and we can quickly transition it down to this group coming into it with their ability to be adaptable, tech savvy in this environment, that's why I'm really excited about this future generation. we got a great opportunity here to help craft it They are more open than they've ever been, right, on the different career pathways and areas like Iowa, right, continuing to innovate, continue to bring these these new opportunities to the table. So that's why I'm excited about this group coming into, into our workforce. And I think we all should be excited about now it's up to our job to get them to get them right fit and help to cultivate it.
0: Thank you, Casey. Thank you for that. And for those listening, you know, as part of the partnerships collaboration with TALO, we're hosting DSM Career Launch, a series of virtual career exploration events discussing careers and education pathways in Iowa's largest industries. Our first event is focused on IT technology on Thursday, October 14th, from 9 to 11 a.m. We'll be chatting with representatives from DMAC and Iowa State University about tech programs at their schools, and also with a couple of local technology businesses about career opportunities in technology fields in Central Iowa. You can check out our Facebook page to find the link to get registered. So, you know, Casey, um, you, you touched a lot of points today and, and, and really I uh, appreciate you um, highlighting how uh, these Gen Zers are really um, serious and, and focused on diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, you really helped, uh, I think, dispel some myths about younger our younger generations as far as showing them that they want to be committed to companies long term and they, they want to have a meaningful career with whoever they decide. Um, to start their career with. And, you know, that was really insightful. And, and just really, I think you, you talked about their um, their resilience and adaptability and being able to withstand um, trials and tribulations. So I, I really appreciate you for those insights today um, and for joining us. Um, is there is there any last parting words, you, you know, you coming on, on, on with us today that you'd like to share um, as we kind of come to a close today?
1: Oh, you mentioned about some of the great opportunities. And... I think as we look at it, there's a lot more students and job seekers that we need to get on to TALLO to help connect them with the opportunities that your employers, your higher ed partners, your two-year, four-year certificate providers are bringing to the table. No shortage of opportunities out there. There's no shortage of talent, but just like anything else, awareness. So how do we get them on, get them on to TALLO, work with partnerships and and, and relay those great opportunities to them locally, regionally, and even nationally? because it is the future. So I appreciate you all allowing us to be part of this journey and teaming up collaboratively together.
0: Well, Thanks again, Casey, for joining us today. And for all those listening, um, you, can, you can download the podcast for Future Ready DSM on Apple, Spotify, and any other platform that you download your podcast from. So, again, thank you all for joining us today and for listening to another episode of Future Ready DSM. Thank you for listening to the Future Ready DSM podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To hear from more leaders and experts on the latest trends in talent development, please visit DSMPartnership.com.